What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome everybody into the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show on a special night, Sunday night. Post game was Saturday. Brought to you by the Market Dominator Team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at Picasso'sPizza.net. I am the voice of the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show. My name is Joe Miller, and you can find me as always on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. If you're not on Twitter yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I mean that's there's a pretty cool community over there that's not Facebook. <laughs> I left Facebook some time ago. Not left completely. I just don't. I don't really post there too much. It's it's just a weird place. So as I noodle with my camera here real quick. Uh, but uh, yeah, so jump over to Twitter. If you're not following me already, please follow me. And if you follow the overreaction buff at overreaction BUF handle, uh, I will follow, follow you back on that one for sure. That's your best way to stay up to date on everything that I've got going on. But please do me a favor, whatever platform you are consuming this podcast on, whether you're listening to it uh, in audio form or live now, uh, like, subscribe. I am also super chat live. Uh, which basically means if you want to get my attention, if you want to ask me a question, please do me a favor and super chat, super chat me. I am recording a podcast. So this is a monologue is what this is called. Uh, so do me a favor. If you want to get my attention, if you want to be a part of the show, uh, please super chat me. Victory Monday is upon us. It is officially Victory Sunday, but Victory Monday is upon us. Happy Victory Monday to you, Bill's Mafia, and to only you, Bill's Mafia. Wildest dreams land. Wildest dreams land, my fam. And uh, on that note, um, if you have not yet seen it, there is an official Wildest Dreams Land t-shirt. And uh, I was wearing it last week. And you can get this. It comes in what? Red, gray, blue, maybe white. I think there's a, a, a sweatshirt version of it. You can get this t-shirt at buffonweck.com. There's also the shirt that I'm wearing right now, the Overreaction Sports shirt, which is me. <laughs> it's actually me and Jay Spence, uh, but uh, but you know for all intents and purposes, it's me. So jump over to buffonweck.com and uh, get yourself, for Christmas, it's still right around the corner, you got time, uh, a Wildest Dreams Land t-shirt. So it's good to have all of you with me. There's a whole bunch of people up in the chat. Uh, Daniel Gowries, Elliot, what's up, dude? Elliot Eisler's in the room. Scott Summer's in the room. Who else is in here? Ma uh, McMaddie's in the room. Tracy Fichter's in the room. 
my buddy Randy Johnson, his son Eric Johnson. So the whole Johnson clan is here. I Mike is in the room. Mike Kinsley. Good to see you, Mike. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of you. A whole bunch of you up in the chat. And uh, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter how you are consuming this show, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee, at the gym with your AirPods in, or on the drive to work, or possibly even watching me live right now, let me just say one last time, welcome. Super good to have you. Uh, before we move on or go any farther, like we always want to do, we want to give the title sponsor his time. So take a quick second to listen to the Market Dominator team. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Scott. And we are the Market Dominators. As the buyer specialist on our real estate team, I love helping people find and buy homes. But really, it all comes down to having a strategy, a winning strategy, much like our bills. And as the listing specialist, it's really important that we win too when we sell a house. Yep. So we like to educate, advocate, negotiate, and, and dominate. dominate. Listen, my good friend Joe Miller, we're so grateful we have the opportunity to sponsor your show and all of Bill's Mafia who tunes in and listens in. So if you're looking to sell or buy in real estate anywhere in the country, you reach out to me directly and we will respond. 716-570-3298. And to all our Bill's Mafia and family out there and friends, <laughs> I have a feeling he was going to say go Bills <laughs> and it cut off. <laughs> that was amazing. That's called Joe just getting that video literally about 20 minutes ago and not proof what proofing it, watching it ahead of time. So that was clutch. So <laughs> on behalf of Scott Cantillus, John Spaz, check the market dominator team, go Bills. And if you are in the in the market to buy or sell a home, please give the market dominator team a call. 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. And uh, they can help you whether you are in Western New York, New York State, or outside the state as well, as far as I know. I believe that's how that whole thing works. But yes, so good to have every single one of you. The Buffalo Bills, 11 and 3, baby. The Buffalo Bills are 11 and 3 uh, yesterday. You know, the eight and five Miami Dolphins headed into Orchard Park, Highmark Stadium, looking to shorten the, div the division lead on the 10 and three Buffalo Bills, but it just was not meant to be. Uh, the Bills continue to sit atop the AFC East and the AFC. Now with a record of 11-3, the Chiefs won today, uh, Sunday, as did the Bengals. So the Chiefs are still just a half game behind the Bills. Bengals, I think, one game behind the Bills, but there is obviously the big uh, Cincinnati-Buffalo showdown in Cincinnati in two weeks. But uh, what does this mean? Uh, well, right now, not really anything outside of the fact that uh, the Bills have now made the playoffs four straight years. They've also made the playoffs four out of the last five years, or I should say, yes, four out of the last five years, or five, I'm sorry, I got that wrong, five out of the last six years. So four straight years, I should have put a comma in my notes and I didn't. So they've made the playoffs four straight years and five out of the last six years, which is remarkable when you consider where we were 2016, right? Going into 2017, where we were 2017, you know, before we drafted Josh Allen, what Josh Allen looked like in 2018. And then obviously going into 2019, when Aaron Schatz from the football outsiders said that uh, in every simulation that we've run the Buffalo bills with Josh Allen, at quarterback and they'd run a thousand simulations never make the playoffs so that was 2019 and the bills and josh allen defied all odds even back then but four straight years five of the last six years 
The Bills have officially clinched a playoff berth and are on the inside track to win the AFC East for the fir- for the third rather straight year. Absolutely incredible. And that they can do, Bills Mafia, with a win in Chicago next week on Christmas Eve. It is legitimately, legitimately wildest dreams land for those of us who are Bills Mafia. We got our first Super Chat. Uh, this is from McMaddy. McMaddy, thank you so much for the Super Chat, and thank you for being a part of the show. The Bills have this amazing ability to make wins as stressful <laughs> as possible. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit. You know, it's... Uh, I will say this. There wasn't... I wasn't overly nervous during the game, but there was... And I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go more into it. There was there was moments in the game as I was sitting in the stands that I was just like, please don't have us lose, like not to this team on this night after all the weather hype in Florida like earlier this year and then all the weather hype this year. Uh, but yeah, it was a little bit of a nail biter. But there's stick around for the story the story of this game because to me I'm gonna do a very good job of kind of creatively describing what you're talking about and why it's important uh, as far as the bills, as you said it, making wins as stressful as possible. So McMaddie, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. But Josh Allen said in his post game, you know, that from here on out, it's, it's one game seasons uh, due to the one seed and then the actual playoff. So the bills know the prize that's in front of them. They know the goal that is in front of them. Their 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 goal, the only goal they have at this point in time is to win out. And the reason to win out is to effectively get the number one seed, make, you know, get yourself a first round bye, and then make the road to the playoffs go through Buffalo. Now, if the Kansas City Chiefs falter, um, and then we will just assume that the Bengals faltered as well because the Bills beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, it provides the Bills a little bit of a cushion. However, you can't just assume. Saturday next week that they're going to have a cushion. So for them, one game seasons. And oh, by the way, they play the, they play the Chicago Bears next week, which if Justin Fields is healthy, somebody actually tweeted or texted me earlier and was like, can you imagine Justin Fields against this tackling defense? <laughs> and I was like, no, and I don't want to imagine it yet. Can I just get, get to victory Monday and enjoy the beginning of my week watching all the highlight shows and good morning football and all that good stuff. But yes, to Josh's well-stated point, uh, one game seasons from here on out uh, due to the one seed and then literally actual one game seasons in the playoffs. So what an exciting day it was yesterday. What an exciting time to be a Bills fan. There's a really weird noise coming from my upstairs. My wife is cooking, and I think she's prepping for Christmas, Christmas dinners and stuff like that. So I think she's got the blender going. And it about vibrated me out of my studio down here. But, man, what, a, what this game, when you think about this football game, what a weird weather day. What a what an absolute weird – it's almost like Western New Yorkers, Bill's Mafia, the national media, media kind of got soft recently yeah there was some snow on friday lake effect and they were predicting it early in the week and people were like what's gonna happen is it gonna be four inches is it gonna be seven and four to seven quickly turned into seven to twelve and seven to twelve quickly turned into twelve to twenty four and the nfl started getting you know there was a national media guy or not not national media guys and even local media guys on twitter complaining about you know the just the, the fact that they're having this football game on Saturday and they're not moving it and people got to travel in and travel out. And 
it's just it's just weird it's it's weird to me how soft we have gotten when you think about this now look i'm i I enjoy the home field advantage that is the weather that we get and the reality is is if you're doing this properly and you're and you're going to these games dressed right there was some dude there in shorts at at this football game you know i mean people taking their shirts off like it's crazy but if you're there you can sustain being in 32 to 25 degree weather it's not too difficult now seven or four or minus four whatever it was last year during the patriots game yikes that's a little too cold for me but to be worried about snow and getting in and out you know it it just to me there there was there was just a lot of flack like the nfl catching heat heat media heat heat right for not moving this football game it's like come on can we not do this um but my dad, my dad actually bailed on the game on Wednesday. So when the news came in, the rumors came in that there was going to be snow and it was going to be cold. My dad's like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I offered McKenna the ticket and she jumped at it, my daughter McKenna. And uh, as the week kind of went on, as I was just describing, four to seven, seven to 12, 12 to 24, there was deteriorating we- weather reports to include, it was supposed to go from 33, ga- 33 degrees rather at kickoff down to 25 degrees and 30 mile an hour winds in blizzard conditions. And I was like, dear God, no, like, let's not do this. And I gave McKenna probably 15 outs to get out of this game. And she, but she was just legitimately determined. Like I'm sitting there and I'm texting her and I'm like, baby, if you don't want to go, <laughs> we don't have to go. Oh no, I want to go. Uh, the next text, we're going to have to wear like seven layers. Are you sure you want to go? Yes period like it was the response i tried to get her to i was working my way to effectively not have to be at this football game and even as i was doing that i'm thinking to myself you know this could be one of those historical games right the 2017 color rush game against the colts and all that snow and there's a lot of memories and people remember being there and blah 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 blah. and then it's like yeah but the snow and the cold and the wind and yada 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 but we went (laughs) we went and uh i'll be honest with you before i get to the game information the game stuff um this was the weirdest journey to the stadium that i've ever had so two hours before the game started we made our way to the stadium and southwestern from seven corners top seven corners which isn't seven corners anymore uh mckinley southwestern what 20a all those uh the uh uh, but not Bayview Road, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the the other road that's right that used to be right there, like Seven Corners. Everybody that's from Buffalo knows what I'm talking about. From there to the stadium parking lot, three lanes deep parking lot, nobody moving. As we got closer, the stadium lots were, were closed. All the side lots were closed. We had to turn around and do a U-turn and go back. Burt's was closed. The Erie the ECC lot was closed. Two hours before the game, everybody was closed, uh, and there was literally. 2,000, 3,000 cars on Southwestern that basically had no place to go. We ended up parking uh, at the Fuji Grill, Burger King, like little parking lot right there, and walked, whatever that is, mile and a half, two miles to the stadium, which was not ideal. It was okay, but it wasn't necessarily ideal. I have never seen a situation traffic like that trying to get into that stadium. And then obviously the walk back was was fine. It gives you an opportunity to warm up your toes, right? Although the, the snow at that point in time was like smashing me in the face. It was strange. The whole situation, the whole day was phenomenal. We'll, I'm just going to leave, leave you with that. Like the whole day, 100% phenomenal. Start to finish, even the hemming and hawing that I went through in my own personal space, the whole thing was amazing. Now the game, the game, I was there. The snowballs. 
So we're going to talk about the snowballs briefly, and then we're going to get into the actual game. So the snowball thing, and it's funny because I saw a bunch of people today at church, and they were asking me about the snowballs and yada, yada. And I was like, oh, there was way more than you even saw on camera. Like there was way, they were just, they were coming down like streamers. It was, it was, it was embarrassing. It was, the snowballs were embarrassing on every level. Uh, there is no level where it wasn't embarrassing. People were chucking them at officials. People were chucking them at Dolphins players and the Dolphins sidelines. They were chucking them at cameramen. So the dude that's in the big giant rolling camera, like the sideline camera, that's like on a crane, they were chucking them at that guy. They were just chucking them into the corner end zones. I don't know why the, the four corner end zones, but for some reason, everybody was they were not coming from the end zones. They were coming from the corner end zones. They were just, people were just throwing snowballs into the corner end zones. And it wasn't necessarily always at, unlike what is being reported at Dolphin players. It's not like the fans were just chucking snowballs at Dolphin players. They weren't. When the, when the teams were at the opposite end of the field, people were throwing snowballs into the corners of the end zones on the other side for no reason. They were coming from the upper deck. They were coming from the lower bowl. They were coming from everywhere. It was embarrassing. It was absolutely 100%. I sat there in embarrassment the whole time just because this is a nationally televised football game. And I know, I get it. You know, it happens in Pittsburgh. It happens in Cleveland. It happens in Chicago. It happens in New England. Any place that there's a snow game like that, inevitably people, the, the PA announcer and the refs have to step in. Please stop throwing snowballs on the field. You, you know, you will be ejected. You're, you know, subject to fines and prosecution and blah, 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 blah. I get it. It happens everywhere. But I, it's just, it was just, it was, it was ridiculous. Um you know, and the Buffalo Bills get made fun of a lot. This organization over the years has gotten made fun of, you know, about, well, if it snows, you know, wait for the call out. Ha ha ha. Cause the bill's going to ask, you know, to pay people 10 bucks or 15 bucks an hour to go down and shovel. This is why. So the next time you're one of the people that pipe up about the bills and make fun of them for like having people go down to the stadium and shovel at six o'clock in the morning. This is why the bills do that to get the snow out of the stands for this reason. So people can't chuck snowballs onto the football field. It's just, it's why they do it. Um, the PA person, the dude on the PA, asked several times for people to stop throwing snowballs. Uh, the refs, obviously, as you know, threatened penalties. They stopped, they stopped the game. It wasn't really a game delay. They stopped the game for about 35 seconds. Um, but the problem with the, the whole idea of the referee stopping the game and forcing a penalty upon the Bills, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the, on the fans against the Bills is how do you know that those weren't Dolphin fans? And I'm not saying that all the snowballs. So I'm not saying that every snowball came from a Dolphin fan, but the snowball that comes and puts it over the top, the snowball that is like the one that makes a referee throw a flag, the snowballs being thrown at cameramen, the snowballs being thrown in the corner of the end zones. There were snowballs being thrown at Bills players in this football game. How do we know that they're only Bills fans doing that? So why are the Bills the ones being penalized? I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, you know, it's just not, it's, it's not great. You know, the whole entire situation. And I'm going to pivot now to Mike McDaniel and Mike McDaniel in his post game press conference said it got to a point of level of concern for his players as he didn't want them to be hit or he was afraid they're going to be hit by ice balls. Now, if you are from the North, if you're from Buffalo, there is a significant difference between a snowball, right? And an ice ball. <laughs> When the Bills scored touchdowns and you saw the powder flying up into the air, right? The whole 
the whole LeBron James powder move. And like, you know, we've seen it happen all over stadiums, New England here, whatever. And they're throwing the powder. If you can physically throw snow powder into the air, your first thought in your brain should be like, oh, there's no ice balls. It's all powder. It's all snow. Now it's packable powder. It's packable snow for sure. Um, There was also two instances, if not three, one of them I saw specifically, another one McKenna saw, and then the guy sitting next to me said the same, said it happened as well, where Mike McDaniel was literally on the sideline, on the sideline towards the warning track where the camera runs back and forth, goading the fans to throw snowballs at him. So he was down there. He was kind of having fun with it. He's like, yeah, come on, come on. Like, can you hit me? Can you hit me? Type stuff. Um, And then to come out in his press game conference and then act like somehow he was worried for his players worried for anybody uh, is just a little bit, in my opinion, ridiculous. Uh, he was a part of it for all intents and purposes, like legitimately a part of it. So there were no ice balls. Mike McDaniel was not concerned for his players. It was wildly embarrassing. It was 33 degrees. It was all fresh powder. There was no ice. This is where the rubber meets the road. And then I'm going to get into the actual game, right? because we're already getting deep into this thing. It's unfortunate that at every football game, at every football stadium, and this is not a Bills Mafia thing, it's unfortunate that every game, every game, baseball, football, hockey, you name it, to varying degrees, there are idiots who attend these football games. There's idiots that attend these events. I'm going to say the word a third time. Idiots who attend. And if you're listening to me right now, and you were throwing snowballs onto the field in this game last night, and you thought it was fun, I'm talking to you. You're the idiot. You are the idiot, and I just want to say thank you for embarrassing the rest of us, not only the rest of us that were in the stadium, but Bill's Mafia across the nation. You're the idiot that embarrassed all of us. And if that makes you mad at me, I don't care, because it was ridiculous. So that's, I don't scold or scorn or whatever fans, listeners, or anything else like that much, but this is a moment that the wooden spoon probably needs to be brought out. It's, it, I, I don't understand how they didn't do a better job of finding the people through. They could have literally just focused the camera in the corner end zones and then, and like, cause the, the veracity that the, the snowballs were coming in and literally just that guy, that girl, that person, this, whatever, and like just t- taking it from the game, but for whatever reason they didn't. And you might think I'm blowing it out of proportion. I don't. I was in the stadium. I was in the stadium. It was embarrassing. And people came up to me today and and they were like, oh my gosh, it was so embarrassing seeing all those snowballs being thrown at the field. I haven't watched the first half back yet. I've watched the second half back. So tomorrow when I get to watch it back, I'll get a better feel for what the broadcast team said. That was They were awful as well, but that's a whole different conversation. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I digress. I'm going to move on. So I don't want to be, I don't want to waste too much time there. So in this football game, it was a great football game. It was a, it was a, it was an absolute wonderful game. The Dolphins made plays, you know, the Bills made plays. You got, you know, a, a Waddle touchdown. You got a, a, a Tyreek Hill touchdown in this football game. You know, Mostert was running like crazy and just like the week before was leaving just a wake of Bill's defenders in his path that couldn't seemingly tackle him. I don't have a count. I might do this tomorrow in my rewatch. I might go back and and count how many times or how many plays 
Mostert or Ahmed were touched, tried to be tackled in the backfield, and they ended up getting four, five, 10, 67 yards after being contacted in the backfield. Um, the Dolphins made a lot of plays in this game. They did not come out seemingly afraid of the weather. Uh, the weather, I would say, was probably a little bit on their side. 32 degrees, no snow, uh, no wind. It was mild. Uh, we sat in the stands, and it was warm. I mean, warm by warm standards when you're, you know, in snow pants and pant and, and jeans, and I think I had a pair of shorts on, and then snow boots, and right, and then a T-shirt, <laughs> sweatshirt, thermal shirt, <laughs> uh, starter jacket, you name it, knit cap, scarf. I mean, we, I was warm. Um it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily cold. So when you consider the Dolphins being there and the weather not it, just a bit of it, just a bit of wind would have changed the whole aspect of that game, in my opinion, for the Dolphins in the first three quarters. If the wind had been there 15 miles an hour, because when the wind when the winds did start to blow in the fourth quarter, it was bitey. It, it bit your cheeks a little bit. Um, but uh, great. It was a it was a great game aided by the fact that the Dolphins made plays. Um and when you talk about football, you want it to be competitive, don't you? I think you want it to be competitive. I don't think you want every team the Bills face to just lay down or somehow the Bills to beat them by 25 points. You want to be entertained in some aspect, right? You want to be stressed. You want to root the team on, both on offense and defense. But even, excuse me, having said that, you know, the Bills were in control the entire first half. You got the Quentin Morris TD. Uh, was beautiful just the way that the, the throw that Josh made on that touchdown and the catch that he made Naheem Hines it, it it that 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 touchdown actually happened directly away from me so I could see that corner of the end zone so when Josh turned I could see Naheem Hines clear and I literally said Naheem Hines is wide open like touchdown and Josh flipped him the ball that was that was a wonderful touchdown to Naheem Hines you know they were holding the Dolphins to field goals in this football game which you know, against that team, against the Dolphins with a relatively good defense, right? With Jalen Waddle, with Tyreek Hill, with that offense and Tua who played a good football game. If you can hold them to field goals, you'll take it all day long because we're going to score touchdowns. We're going to score touchdowns. Let's hold them to field goals. And that's a big essence or a big part of the bend and don't break defense, right? Bend to the point where they make mistakes or bend to the point where uh, you know, they score field goals, but you don't break and allow them to score touchdowns. Well, that worked <laughs> for a little while. Uh, you know, the, the Dolphins continued to play hard. And by the and by a lot of that, I mean, at times, the Bills continued to let them run the ball all over them <laughs> and kind of stay in the game. The running averages in this game, you know, Raheem Mostert had almost five yards of carry without the long one. So if you remove the long run he had, he still averaged almost five yards of carry. And that doesn't include taking out all the no gain and short gain runs that he had in the fourth quarter. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. That a med kid averaged 7.2 yards per carry. It was almost at times like the Bills didn't even expect them to run the football. You're you're in a football game in the weather, 32 degrees, snow is the whole week, snow is expected. The whole entire week, everybody went into this game expecting blizzard conditions. The freaking head coach of the Miami, Florida Dolphins is at his last team practice wearing a t-shirt that says, I wish it were colder. They cranked the air conditioning down to 55 degrees or something like that. And the Bills defense didn't expect the Dolphins to run the football. Maybe they did expect it, but I don't think you can sit there with me and say, oh no, I thought they I thought they bottled up the run just fine. I thought it was great. I thought they did I thought they played the right per the run perfectly. It there were there were obvious run situations where it was just like, what is happening? legitimately what like how do you not realize it's that they're gonna run the football here and they're ripping off 10 yard runs 12 yard runs eight yard runs seven yard runs the one good thing that i did see from the dolphins uh offense was the naked boots the naked boots that they put two on were clever they were well timed they were well done and you know Tua seemed to thrive off of them now i haven't seen a bunch of naked boots from Tua and this dolphins offense in the past it doesn't mean they haven't or they have been doing it or haven't been doing it. It just means that I'm not used to seeing it. So the question, there's ways to defend those naked boots when your name is not Josh Allen. So defenses will adjust to that. But it was amazing to me as well that the Bills didn't cover the middle of the field. They basically just went in there with, I know we have a book on how to beat you from the 49ers and from the Chargers. In a situation of the 49ers wrote a book, the Chargers put a period at the end of the book and made the book even stronger but you know what? We're not gonna we're not we're not gonna play press man necessarily. We're gonna give you the middle of the field. We're not gonna stop the run. And by God, it worked. It absolutely one hundred percent worked. It's not the way that I would want to win this football game, but it worked. It just I mean, considering the circumstances, the weather, the defense he was playing, the crowd, the situations, Tua played well. Again, I'm not going to, I mean, he was accurate. That's what I'm going to say. So he was accurate. He was decisive. Uh, he didn't recklessly throw the ball to just middle, like part portions of the field where nobody was at, like he did against the Chargers. He was composed. 
he he played a, a very good football game. Now, how much of that the Bills, I would say, aided him? I don't know. I mean, the Bills still scored 32 points, but you know they scored 29. I don't want to see the Dolphins put 29 on this defense. I think this defense is better than letting the Dolphins put 29 on them. I think they have the horses that it takes to keep the Dolphins at in check. To me, I th- I came into this game thinking the Bills could put 45 on them, maybe 50, especially with the weather. Didn't happen that way, but that's why they play the football game, right? But after the, you know, the touchdown to Cook at the end of the half, you know, you just felt like all that to say this, even with all that stuff I'm talking about, the Bills were in control that first half. You just you just felt like the Bills were firmly in control. And after that miracle touchdown as time expired uh, at the end of the first half, another one of those just how does Josh Allen do this stuff? How, do, how does he do this? And it's not even a, like he does it once in a while. He does it again and again and again. Like this is just who this big giant freak is. And it was funny to hear McDermott's post-game conference comments about how Time was running out and had run out, and you know Josh Allen threw that football. And had he missed that pass, that that coach said that he was going to slash his tires in the parking lot <laughs> or deflate them. He said he was going to deflate his tires in the parking lot. Just funny. You got you got to love the personality on this team. Like they just, they're just, they're just it's just it's just fun. But anyways, as I was saying, you know, you get through the first half and you feel like regardless of the score at that point in time, and I've got the score here just to refresh my memory, so don't get it wrong. Uh, End of the second quarter was, what, 21-13, right? The Dolphins at this point had scored on more possessions than the Bills. Is that right? 7, 10, 13, no, I guess 3 to 3. So the Bills had just scored at the end of the the half. So three possessions to three possessions. But you just felt like, the Bills were in control, like especially if they could come out at the end of the second half and put another t- tutty up, another touchdown puts them at 28-13, and you're like, oh, this game's – it's not over, but the Bills are they're, – they're, they're completely in control. So even with, right, giving up the runs that they were given, uh, even with giving up the middle of the field, even with allowing the Dolphins to kind of get the yards they wanted to take, you know, take this stuff that we're going to give you. Take this – go ahead, take it. Even with that, they weren't really getting exploited. The Bills' defense wasn't, right? And the offense was doing what the offense is supposed to do. All good stuff. And then the third quarter happened. <laughs> oh, the third quarter. It's funny because as soon as I said that, literally Roy Collins, this, this, this comment pops up. Our third quarter offense was awful. <laughs> and then the third quarter happened. Dude, you can fire that third quarter right into the sun. Mitch Moore, when I, when I found out that Mitch, the only, I said earlier, I think I said earlier that I was not nervous. The, the, I did get nervous. The time that I got nervous during that football game was when we found out that when I looked down at the field, when I looked down at the field and I saw 77, I was like, wait a second. Why that? Why? That's what you do, right? When you see a backup lineman on the field, you're like, wait, 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 wait. I know I just saw Deion Dawkins, and I know I saw I just saw Spencer Brown. Why is 77 on the field? Why is Quisenberry on the field? So I'm I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, uh, Ryan Bates is out. I see I see Van Roten is still on the. Uh, oh no, Mitch Morse is hurt. That was legitimately when I got nervous. Mitch Morris just brings an element. If you get the opportunity to watch this game back, watch the first half of this game when Morris is like looking to find guys to clear blocks on literally just looking for contact 
off to Josh's left or Josh's right. So he makes his block, finishes that one, and then streaks across the other side and like wipes out another guy. Mitch Morris is just a different, he's just a different dude when it comes to this. And this offense is notably different when Mitch Morris is not in the game. They're especially notably different when Van Roten is the center and not Ryan Bates. So you've got a drop off between Mitch Morse and Ryan Bates and then Van Roten, who, you know, I'm not saying I want him off my team. Van Roten is actually a really good guard. I, 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 I just, I mean, there was mishandled snaps again. There's just stuff that I don't want from a Van Roten centered football team. So I got a little bit nervous when Mitch Morse got injured, but like I said, you could fire that third quarter straight into the sun penalties, the strip sack defensive errors, the Bills in the third quarter of this football game hurt themselves a bunch. Stephon Diggs came up limp. It looked like his hip. Uh, and then later, he actually uh, had another play where he took himself out. And when he took himself out, I I, I could see him per- perfectly because I'm on the visitor sideline. He literally went over to the sideline and knelt down and was in obvious pain. Now, he came back in the game and he celebrated with the team. So you don't know how badly he's hurt or if he's injured at all, but if I was a guessing man from what we have seen from this team in the past, I would not expect to see Stefan Diggs suit up this week against the bears because of the injury and because of the opponent, if that makes any sense. I think the bills probably going to look at this and say, we can win this game and allow Diggs to get healthy for the playoff run. Um, but yeah, so that third quarter you want to see good teams, and I'm and I'm, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself. You want to see your team become a good team. And you know you're a good team when you can overcome mistakes that really hurt you. Now, the Bills had, I think the number was six mistakes where they hurt themselves the first time they played the Dolphins, and they couldn't overcome them. It, they, they just could not overcome those mistakes. They committed enough mistakes in the third quarter of this football game that it it literally could have slipped away from them, but they overcame them. And that's what you want to see from your team. That's when you know your team is becoming a good team. More on that in a second. So as the third quarter is going on and going on, and I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? The Dolphins have had the ball for the entire third quarter penalty after like we had that one driver was just like penalty 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 sack penalty penalty like it was just crazy i exaggerated there it's true but you know what i'm talking about i just kept looking up at the sky (laughs) like literally third quarter late i'm looking up at the sky and i'm like when is the snow going to show up for the love of everything holy, when is the snow going to show up? I mean, don't get me wrong. As I said earlier, I was glad up to that point that it had not snowed because I was sitting there late in the third quarter and I was warm. It wasn't windy. Bills were playing well. I mean, they were losing at that point in time, but they were playing well. I, w- I was fine. It wasn't cold in the stadium. But it just felt like the Bills needed an assist. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like they needed that over the top against the Dolphins assist. And then the wonderful white stuff started falling and the Dolphins folded like a chair. 
The Dolphins folded like a chair as the Bills just began to line up and play smash-mouth football. <laughs> it was a thing of beauty. I literally looked at McKenna, and I was like, this is just good old-fashioned football right now. Like, they were just lining up and running the ball at will, and when they needed to make a throw, they made a throw. McKenna looks back, and she's like, why can't they do this all the time? <laughs> I was like, why can't they, McKenna? Why can't they? It was almost a role reversal where the Bills should have assumed new been completely clued in that the Dolphins early were going to run the crap out of the football based on what the expectations were for the weather and couldn't stop them to now the Dolphins, the, the, the script flipped. The Dolphins turned into the team that couldn't stop the Bills regardless of the fact that they knew that they were going to run the football. And the Dolphins started throwing the football in the snow. Instead of running the football, it was a weird, it was just a weird situation. It was a weird game. And then Josh Allen, the North American Yeti, put a put a pin in that one. The North American Yeti, that is Josh Allen, rips off a whole bunch of runs and then the backbreaker, the, the, the crushing run. And then you just can't say enough about I don't even I can't remember the dude's name on the Dolphins that blew up McKenzie for that for that <laughs> pass interference. It was a poorly officiated game overall. Josh had a grounding penalty that did that, that did not get called. There were several pass interferences or, or illegal contacts early on the Bills that did not get called. There was just a lot of stuff, and then clearly they were calling holding penalties on the Bills offensive lineman Roger, Roger Saffold over and over and over again. And like the Dolphins didn't really have any holding penalties called on them. It was just, it was a poorly officiated football game. Uh, it just is, it, it is what it is, but it was it, the way that it ended was awesome to see the crowd there. The whole game, uh, the crowd was into it. The whole game, there was a point that somebody said that like, I can hear a pin drop. You couldn't, the crowd was, the crowd was, there was a couple lulls, but it was never quiet in the stadium while, when the defense was on the field. But overall, it was a freaking fantastic football game. And, you know, Victory Mondays are about beating divisional appoint, op opponents. This is why we're here, right? This is what we want to do. We want to beat those teams that know us the best. And those teams, one of those teams legitimately is the Miami Dolphins. So they hear the Bills sit at 11-3 and three in firm control, firm grasp on their destiny. Still a huge lead for the AFC East. They're going to win the AFC East. They're going to be AFC East champions for the third year in a row. And the number one seed, if they can just handle their business, the number one seed is theirs. So let's take a real quick moment to talk about the Western New York Beer Trail. A brand new 2023 trail pass from Western New York Beer Trail is now available. The 2023 uh, pass is bigger and better than ever, and there's no better time to get ready for next year than right here, right now. The new pass features uh, 53, I almost said 73, 53 area breweries, cideries, meaderies, and beer bars all over Western New York, while almost every stop still offers the two half-price beers. With your pass, there are several several other offers available from select locations, such as discounts on flights, food, and merchandise. You can save over $400 with all the offers in this book. Now, this book right here is what I'm talking about. This book that I just said you can save $400 on is only going to cost you 30 bucks. So what is the return on your $30 investment, especially if you are a craft beer lover in Western New York? If you're a craft beer lover and you don't have this book for $30, that's actually cheaper when I give you this code, and it's going to save you $400, I don't know what you're doing. Whatever you're doing, you're not doing it right. 
The 2023 trail, uh, trail pass and other beer trail items are available at our website, www.westernnewyorkwnybeertrail.com. Just click the shop tab. And now through November, well, now, right now, not through any time, currently, if you use the code, which is right here, the voice 15, uh, you're going to save 15% off of your entire order. This is the perfect way to start your holiday shopping early and even get yourself a little something. We at Western New York Beer Trail are proud to support everything local, craft beer, small business and local charities and podcasts like mine. Watch for our meetups and fun- fundraising events along the way. Western New York Beer Trail, drink local, support local. Uh, we'll see you on the trail that is the uh, western new york beer trail and uh, i appreciate tom a lot so he's a good dude good partner for the show story of this football game we're getting close to being at the end here guys story of this game great teams as we talked about do things right you want your team to do things that effectively point them in a direction or point you in a direction to begin to know that they're a good team or a great football team one of those things is imposing their will on people. Great teams also win games when they have self-inflicted inflicted wounds. There's a lot of conversation about the Bills in 20 and 2021. We've had them where, you know, like, oh, you know, the Bills are now the hunted, blah, 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 blah. What does that mean? I don't think the Buffalo Bills were anywhere near quite the hunted as they are now. I think there's an aspect, you, you go back to like, 2020 and the bills are now the hunted and like robert sala called josh allen like what do you call like a cam newton prototype he's kind of like a cam newton you know what i mean blah 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 it's like have you watched football because josh allen is not cam newton not even close he's better (laughs) a lot better than cam newton everybody knows the buffalo bills at this point you're in a situation when you look at von miller right you look at von miller who came to buffalo and and he you know he makes the comment i watched all the bills games so when he wasn't, when he was a Ram, he was watching the Bills games. These players are watching the Bills play. These players on other teams want to play against the Buffalo Bills and they want to show out when they play against the Bills. And they want to beat the best. They want to beat the Bills. The Bills are far more the hunted now than they ever have been. Ever have been. Teams literally bring their best games. And I know we hear that a lot and it's hard because for us, it just looks like the Bills aren't playing well. Well, I know that you're telling me that that other teams are bringing their best game against the Bills, but I think the Bills just aren't playing well. I think Ken Dorsey's not calling a good football game. I think that, you know, Tremaine Edmonds isn't playing as well. I think we missed Micah Hyde. Well, a big part of that is the matchup. A big part of that is the game plan. A big part of that is the players on the opposite side of the field and their dedication to the game plan that they've got in front of them and how they're going to execute it and how they're going to execute and match up against this Bills team. Are they going to come in? chest puffed out and ready for the fight or are they going to fold like a chair and generally speaking people are up for the challenge when it comes to this bills team now that doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes the bills doesn't mean that they don't have an issue with tackling they clearly do it doesn't mean that they don't go through offensive lulls at time they do that as well but the bills are finding ways to win they're finding ways to win and to me that is the most important thing But more than that, and literally the story of this football game, and it's almost the story of every football game, this football team offensively is unstoppable inside two minutes. Unstoppable inside two minutes. When they need it, when the Bills' offense needs it most, they're unstoppable. And it's been that way since the Chiefs game last year, when they did it twice. (laughs) inside two minutes 
But when you talk, when you take all of this conversation and this narrative and you wrap it up in a ball, right? You talk about we've hurt ourselves in this game. You talk about we've kept you in it. We didn't bury you. We didn't step on your throat. Maybe our game plan wasn't as good to match up against yours. We, for some reason, in a blizzard, expected blizzard, thought you were going to throw the ball 50 times and you didn't. You ran it a lot. We messed up. We mixed it up. You blocked us up. Whatever, whatever it is, and it's close, right? When we needed it, what did we do? The story of this football game, to me, is, is effectively what has become the identity of this football team. The Bills are 11 and three. And I know that I've gotten yelled at live a couple times in the last couple weeks about being a little too quote unquote negative or down in Bills wins, but there's always something to talk about. If, if there wasn't something to talk about, then I wouldn't be sitting here having these conversations with you guys. You wouldn't be listening. The Bills were waxing people 60 to 10 every game. You'd be like, there's nothing to listen to. The Bills are just really good. Why watch? Why watch? Why listen? Why do anything? But what are they doing when they need it? What are they doing when their back is against the wall? What are they doing when it's not a double-digit win? What are they doing in a one-possession game? What are they doing when they're down late in the fourth or late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter? What are they doing when it's a tie game, 29 to 29? Under six minutes left on the clock. The snow is falling. And the Dolphins punt the football back to you with like I said, just under six minutes left in the clock. And you've got the ball on your seven-yard line. Especially after you just went straight down the field. You just went down the field to tie the game up. Your defense gives you the ball back. You get it back on the seven-yard line. Under six minutes, 29 to 29. Now's when you need it. What do the Bills do? They go right back down the field. They consume the entire clock and they kick a game-winning field goal to further cement, establish, prove the point, put the period at the end of the sentence, cross the T, dot the I, that this is our division. We are the AFC East champions. And there's a reason that we are the reigning AFC East champions and we are going to continue to be the AFC East champions. To me, that drive is not only the story of this game, but potentially you could go back in almost every Bills victory, I think, and find one of these drives. It's just, it's what, it's everything that you want to see. It epitomizes everything you want from your football team. And if they can do this, if they can continue to do this, continue to get healthy, continue to begin to figure things out where they're having some struggles, there's going to be a parade in this town someday. Hopefully next month sometime or in two months sometime. Crazy. Let's real quick get to the dude awards. The dude awards. So on this show, we don't do arrow up, arrow down. We don't do thumbs up, thumbs down. We don't do buying stock, selling stock. We do the dude awards. So if somebody's played really, really well, we go, dude, great job, dude. You the man, dude. And if they did not play well, we go, dude, we got to talk, bro. Like, dude, bro, what's up? First dude award goes to Devin Singletary. I'm not going to lie to you when I tell you that dude, thumbs up, dude, you did a great job, Devin. I was still a little bit nervous in the last two series as you were carrying the ball. The crowd was cheering for Devin, and I'm just sitting there going, hold on to the football, hold on to the football. Please, God, hold on to the football. Devin 
put this game away. He was determined. He was decisive in his runs in those last two drives, found the holes, the cutback lanes, six, seven, eight yards per carry. Devin Singletary was clutching this football game. He gets my first dude award. Great job, Devin. Second dude award goes to Josh Allen, that big North American Yeti. Josh Allen is just, uh, he's a different machine, a different animal. It's awesome seeing him two weeks in a row begin to continue, not begin, continue to find himself and remember the person that he was pre-injury, right? And then the last dude award for me goes to Tredavious White. It was great to see Tredavious White in the game. He was in the mix. He was very much involved in a lot of gameplay. Uh, the ball was coming to him. He was making tackles. Yes, he got burnt on the Hill touchdown. Yes, he got beat a couple different times, but he's these are all steps that Trey's going to have to take to get back to the, the player that he was before the injury. Now, down dude awards. Dude, bro, dude, we got to talk. My first dude, down dude award goes to Roger Saffold. Rod, Roger, we brought you in here to be better. I need you to be better. And this wasn't a John Fina situation where it's like, you know, we had 60 snaps and you picked out the two that were bad. Roger did not play a good game in this. In This, this wasn't a good game for Roger. I need Roger to be better. My next one, and I don't know who this falls on. I don't know if it falls on Leslie. I don't know if it falls on who, but the, whoever put this game plan together defensively, bad dude award. I did, I did not like this defensive game plan at all. You did not block up the run or expect at all them to run the football. You didn't take away the middle of the field, and you did not play press man coverage against this offense, which they clearly have shown they struggle with badly. And it was cold outside, which is like kryptonite to a kryptonite. Defense, whoever whoever put this game plan together and like gave it the seal of approval and the chef's kiss, this is the one. This is the game plan for us. As much as it worked, it almost didn't. But it worked. I know, but it almost didn't. Yeah, but Joe, it worked. Yeah, but it almost didn't. It had the snow not started falling and the Dolphins basically run for the tunnel once the snow started falling. I don't know that that, that defensive game plan would have worked. Maybe it would have. And then my last down dude award. And you know what? Forgive me. It is what it is. My last down dude award goes to the Bills Mafia. And the reason that it goes to the Bills Mafia is we just need to be better than throwing snowballs on the football field. It just is what it is. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the tweets. Those are your tweets. Those are how the Mafia are feeling. Now, this is what I've got. So, Coming up tomorrow, uh, this is going to post in podcast form also on the Overreaction Sports Network, which if you search in your podcast feed, Overreaction Sports, it'll pop up. I have Mafia Monday for you tomorrow. I've got Wake Up Wednesday on Wednesday and then Rapid Fire Friday. Last Friday, this past Friday, I had Matt Perino from Syracuse.com join me on the show as I threw 10 questions at Matt Perino. Uh, jump back and listen to that if you get a chance. It was a great conversation, a great show. But uh, be looking, be on the lookout for this show. And then obviously uh, uh, Mafia Monday as well as I'm going to recap kind of what happened in the AFC East for the weekend. And then uh, those tweets will be there as well. So ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Thank you so much. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired because I'm the voice of this here show. And I love you guys and I appreciate you guys. So do me a favor. Tell a friend. Retweet. Hashtag Wildest Dreams Land. Let's get the word out. Let's grow this thing. Let's get to the playoffs. Let's 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 win the AFC East. Let's let's get the number one seed. Let's win the Super Bowl. Right? Doesn't that just sound like fun? Let's have a parade. 
Let's have a parade for Buffalo Rumblings, for the Market Dominator team, for Tom over at Western New York Beer Trail. Joel Miller signing off. Next time I talk to you, it'll be Christmas. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Go Bills. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.